Hi everyone, welcome back. This is Plastic Science, the 10th episode, i.e. the season one finale. I'm Eliza Brett, your host as always. Yes, it's season one and it's the end because it's getting very fancy and official over here. The podcast is a bit delayed this week and that's because I was humming and hawing for the last seven days what it should be about. And this week I just want to have a bit of a ramble, just a plastic surgery ramble. Interesting points, no real coherent thread. Every single episode thus far that I've recorded has been meticulously scripted word for word in a 31, actually I'm looking at the document right now, it's 31 pages in total <laughs> that I've recorded and, and posted for all y'all and for myself. This week we're just going to have a bit of a ramble. So it's going to sound a lot more relaxed and I for one am all for that these days. I want to start with what plastic surgery actually means, that phrase. I remember hearing it as a really young girl and thinking that it was about people getting surgery and becoming more fake and becoming plastic. <laughs> that was that was it. And then after a couple of years later, I thought, oh, it's plastic because people are getting plastic injected into themselves. Ah, I see. No, also wrong. Plasticos is the Greek for changeable, moldable. And that is what plastic surgery is about. It's about taking one thing and moving it to another or changing its shape and its conformation. Why I love plastic surgery research, though, is that it's something that is so accessible to us. We, right this very moment, we can touch it and see our skin and our fat and our hair, and it's accessible to us. Compared to something like liver research, or if, if everyone had a window on their chest, on their chest wall, that we could see one another's lungs through, we could see the state of one another's lungs, You'd better believe, firstly, I would say that smoking would be completely eradicated because nobody would want to look through someone's window and see this black, gummed, tarred lung. I would imagine that there would be an absolute world of inhalers and humidifiers and God knows what we'd be inhaling to have the pinkest, healthiest, most moisturized looking lungs ever. And it's that idea that we have all of these products and we have all of these services for our external bodies because it's important that we convey health and the message of that, yeah, we take care of ourselves and that's that's conveyed through our clear skin and shiny hair and young, wrinkle-free faces, etc. And it's always funny to think about internal organs like that. If we could see if we if we could see each other's livers, there'd be no alcohol. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that, but actually, I don't not know about that. We return to 600 BC in India, where the first rhinoplasty was recorded, was recorded. I'm sure there were some other attempts in the earlier days, but 600 BC was the first nose job. Since then, of course, there have been just endless advances in plastic surgery but the real turning corner was world war one where a man called harold gillies a new zealander became the father of plastic surgery 
he was actually knighted in 1930, many years later. So Ben Franklin said, don't put off until tomorrow what you can do today, as in don't procrastinate. But Harold Gillies said, never do today what can honorably be put off until tomorrow, which he paraphrased as, when in doubt, don't. And that's because back in World War I, all of these surgery techniques were very new. All of these facial reconstructions, hand reconstruct, limb, leg, foot, everything. These techniques were quite new. And so I believe the term, when in doubt, don't, was like if you could intervene surgically right now and fix something that you see is going astray, just don't do it. If it's not going to kill the patient by not doing it, just let it be and let it play out overnight. Give it a day and just see what happens. Another one of uh, Gilly's commandments was replace like tissue with like. And one example of that, which I really love, is that when there was a, ever a hand that needed reconstruction, they would take skin from the sole of the foot to put onto the palm of the hand because these are both pieces of glabrous skin, is what they're called, as in they're smooth, there's no hair. And so it's a match. It's a great example of replacing like with like. So years passed and the term plastic surgery came to be an umbrella term for reconstructive surgery and cosmetic or aesthetic surgery, which are two very different fields. Reconstructive surgery aims to rebuild or change the shape of a part of the body to improve its function. And cosmetic surgery is cosmetic surgery. The tenth question in the Proust questionnaire is, what do you most dislike about your appearance? I would argue that we've never been more aware of our faces as we are right now. And this is definitely fueled by the advent of social media and selfies. And the fact that people can make a ton of money through these model-esque Instagram pages these days. 82% of those who go in for cosmetic surgery say that they're influenced by celebrities. Which is just blows my mind in a way. To go in somewhere and to say you want to look more like a certain person and getting surgery to make that happen must be changing humanity in some way. I don't know that for sure. I don't know if anybody can say that. But it must be having some type of an effect. The top procedure for women to go into surgery for is breast augmentation. And for men, it's liposuction. Actually, I remember when I was studying in my master's, I heard a kind of a tool that or a trick that some surgeons use. And it's how to be selective with their patients. And they always said to avoid Simon. Simon is the... Single, immature, male, overly expectant narcissist. <laughs> and it would appear that these characteristics all together would make for a very difficult case in that if someone wakes up from their surgery and they're not happy, it's a lose-lose-lose situation. Nobody wins there. And so one of the benefits of being an elective surgeon is you get to choose who you want to take on, I guess. But let's be real about plastic surgery and how women are the target, have always been and likely will always be. 
Looking beautiful is a high value characteristic in society. And it's one which women have had to bear for many, many years and likely will bear for many, many years. I would wrap this whole thing up now by turning to body modifications in general and their purpose. The decision to make a modification should always come from that person wanting to make a change to make them happier in their own body. And then that change is scheduled and happens and is paid for. And then inevitably comes the societal reaction. What's different about tattoos and piercings versus plastic surgery is that it's commonly accepted. Plastic surgery is meant to make you look better, prettier, mm, to be more attractive after it's done. This is the one scale used to measure plastic surgery outcome. And so there can be a controlled amount of critique. However, a tattoo is not as subtle as a nose job. A tattoo has shapes and colors, maybe even words. It's carefully placed on the body somewhere, according to skin and whether or not the clothing will cover it up. It will have a specific size. So there are so many more parameters by which to judge a tattoo. However, a tattoo is merely the injection of something into the skin to make oneself feel better. The exact same principle of Botox, fillers and implants. I actually thought to check out the Bible on all this to see if there was a mention. And lo, you shall not make any cuts on your body or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. Leviticus 19.28 Yep. And so, all those, all those tattoos that say only God shall judge me. Well, it seems like he mightn't like that all too much. Live and let live, I say. Do whatever you want. It's your body. If you live in a country or an area of the world where you're privileged to have free will over your own form, do what you want. That's the end of season one. I'll be back with season two, describing a bit more the science of plastic surgery. I hope you enjoyed this ramble. Bye for now. Keep well.